Welcome to Pharmacy View, technology and pharmacy business podcast series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. I'm talking today with Tracy Blythe, advisor and educator to the health, wellness and fitness industry. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was great to actually, I guess, reach out and interact because you and I, as it turns out, have uh, interacted a couple of times at different pharmacy industry events. While we may not know each other extremely well, uh, it's certainly that we've crossed paths many, many times. But for anyone that is listening today that may not know, um, who is Tracy Blythe? Yes, thanks, Scott. So I am a naturopath. I qualified back um Seems like the dark ages now, pre a lot of things, um, back 17 years ago. Um, and in that time have worked across as a naturopath in many different areas. So you're starting from health food store into clinic. I spent quite some time in pharmacy before moving to work for one of the leading supplement brands or what is now uh, one of the leading supplement brands in pharmacy. But back when I started, it was a small niche brand and I'm based here in Perth. And I was over here setting up the brand to be launched into and have success in pharmacy. And that's where I I suppose I, from both working in pharmacy, I've got a great perspective when it comes to uh, working alongside pharmacists as the naturopath and helping helping patients and learning how to, how to talk to patients. We might know as healthcare practitioners how to understand what a drug does, um, how to understand how it's going to help the patient but explaining that to patients that I honed my skills in pharmacy on that but also then used them with uh, educating pharmacists on some of these things that were new and novel to them how can I recommend this with that what what do you mean um, you know this nutrient's going to help that condition how do I explain that to a patient you know I know that talking about some things like probiotics and their benefits for anything other than the gut um, was a bit of a revelation for pharmacists many years ago, and and so I have spent I spent many years working for that company. Um, more recently, though, I I have started my own business, and what that's born out of it's been around twelve months now. I think that it will be in a couple of days. It's twelve month birthday. Um, so Tracy Blythe Consulting will turn one. What the the purpose and the vision of, of me setting up my own education and consulting business for pharmacy is to offer an independent perspective. Whilst when working, representing a supplement brand and educating, that is invaluable as a resource and, and has absolutely a place. But as we know as healthcare providers, that we also want to learn about how we can help from an independent perspective, where you know, perhaps not this exact product is the best one. Maybe there's a few different ones and they all have their pluses and minuses. So I've developed a, a course and a program for pharmacists to invest in 
their time and their energy so that they can, with my goal, is that more people in the community can access really good quality advice around complementary medicine um, that is holistic. So that goes alongside their drugs that the pharmacist is confident in what they recommend um, with that, that big end goal that we all get better health. For sure. And um, I think you raised a really good point there in terms of, you know, um, the solution that people are thinking about may not be the right solution. And uh, I guess I've been um, out of the corporate game now for about five years and, and in part time running my own consulting business. And uh, occasionally when I get in uh, contact or inquiries, you know, the first thing I'll say to someone is that, look, I'm happy to have a first meeting. It's free, a general chat, but be prepared for that. If I don't think I'm the right person to help you, then I, I will more than likely actually refer you on to someone else that I think might be better. And, and it probably happens in about four of the five cases. And it's, you know, there's probably consultants out there saying, how could you give away that business? Well, to me, the value and credibility in the product or the service is actually in the integrity of it as well. And, and I think that's, you've raised a really good point there. And that is that, you know, there, there'll be a, uh, a medication for a particular uh, ailment but it doesn't necessarily mean that for that particular person, it's the right way to go. And I think that's where your your expertise comes in, isn't it? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I also think when it comes to consulting, when it comes to any service, because I'm also a naturopath back in, back in clinic and, and loving that. And what's changed in the almost 15 years since I've done that, probably actually maybe 14, 15 years, is that naturopaths have rec recognised that they have a niche doesn't mean that they're specialists, it's actually two different things, but that they have a niche in what they are very good at helping. And when you stick within that niche, then you become an expert in, in providing that support. I take that same learning to what I offer as a consultant. I have I had a broad level of experience, nowhere near uh, what yours would be, Scott, but um, it's certainly quite broad. But what I offer is quite narrow in that it's helping um, helping a very specific niche need that I think is, is useful for lots of pharmacists perspective yeah and and on that note um, i guess in our, our pre-discussions um, you raised a really good point that uh, obviously the last 18 months is i'm going to use a word that we haven't heard at least for this week an unprecedented time but there has <laughs> yeah. definitely been increased pressure on pharmacists and pharmacy teams um, to almost mm. become everything to everyone and and i think you know Every pharmacist that I've known or interact with certainly you know, would uh, would be very happy that, that they, they try and do that to the best of their abilities and their team would do the same thing. Mm. But really, it's just getting, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure whether the tougher is the word, but more demanding is probably the word on pharmacists these days, isn't it? Oh, gosh, the demands of what is required of a pharmacist. When we talk about unprecedented time and we talk about the last 18 months, two years odd now, um, that it is... It's certainly been a challenge for so many, but the challenges, I'm sure there's uh, so many out there that are listening now that are thinking, gosh, it wasn't an easy ride two years ago, though. It, it has been mounting and growing. Um, I saw a great uh, infographic just recently that showed um, that in 1972, the number of pharmacies um, were just under 6,000, between five and a half and 6,000, and that Australia's um, population was half what it is today. And that now in 2021, so 50 years later, that the number of pharmacies has actually stayed within 100, the same number, but our population has doubled. Um, we know that chronic health conditions have also grown in that time. And that for, so for over the last 50 years, what is required of a pharmacist, what they're required to deliver to, that, to their community, what the community expects from them, 
walking into a, a pharmacy as a as a Joe Blow consumer expecting a pharmacy. I mean, the statistics come out all every single year, and the pharmacists are always in the top five, if not, you know, uh, fighting the nurses for number one as the most trusted profession in our country. Yeah. But we expect um, we expect our pharmacists to be the experts, we expect them to know, and that pressure only magnified in the last 18 months. I mean, the addition over the last 12 months of the, the rollout of, um, of, of implementing and um, delivering vaccines in a very changeable environment, it just continues to grow. And, and that's with offering services to help simplify that process for the pharmacist is what I suppose drives the uh, opportunity for, um, for pharmacists to learn how to how to simplify that? You don't need to go read three hundred references to understand what's going on for that patient. If you've if you've got it nice and there and neat all on one slide, that you can go right. I know exactly how to. I know what's going on for this patient, and I know how to help them to give those shortcuts. I think is is an invaluable service and offer. No, that's that's great, and certainly again, um, every pharmacy team that I know of or interacted with in the last eighteen months have uh, certainly been through a challenging time, but they've risen to the occasion as they always do, and, and have come out you know, smelling of roses, yep. which they deserve uh, very much. So, and it's interesting when I, 100%. you know, I consistently follow um, you know media reports and social media um, activity around the pharmacy industry that there's this uh, continual. Um, uh, debate between the different uh, health institutions uh, within Australia as to who should be doing what. At the end of the day, um, you know, during this last 18 months, uh, you could contact and go to your pharmacy as easy as you've ever been able to. It's just that they were potentially a little bit more stressed during that time. But, you know, in terms of being the core yeah. of a community hub, um, they continue to play this great mm -hmm. role, which is which is where, again, that you interact in. So let's move on. So it's, the, oh, it's sorry, the unit. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. You go. I was just going to say, I was just going to acknowledge that it's the unique, um, it's the unique healthcare position in Australia um, that where you you can walk into any pharmacy that's open and you'll be guaranteed that there is a qualified healthcare practitioner to help you for free. Yeah. That, that does not exist anywhere else. I mean, if you there's a lot of emergency departments that if it's not an emergency, they'll turn you away. You can you can get quality healthcare advice in a pharmacy and continue, as you said, Scott, continue to throughout the pandemic when a lot of um, ability to speak to doctors and specialists became only by telehealth and online, which for so many um, consumers was a challenge, whereas you could still walk into your pharmacy, might be behind perspective and might be PPE'd up, but you could still talk to someone. Such an important um, uh, thing that we have here in Australia that, and they do such an integral role in our health. Um, no, for sure. So, um, again, one of the other points mm. we discussed, uh, I guess, in our pre-discussions was the opportunity for pharmacists to grain easily or, or have access to quality information and independent information and, and education. Talk to us a bit about that side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, look, there is – it's something that I – from having studied pre-internet, uh, being one of those relics, uh, to – to now, there is, you know, um, it's gone in the days of having to go to the library and pull books out to, to or, or, you know, to access the literal physical journals to get to journal articles. Um, nowadays, it's at our fingertips and we can Google, but that can be more overwhelming than less sometimes. If you were to put in a, a PubMed search for any nutrient and any condition or any nutrient, any drug, um, I would, I would be, I think there'd be a challenge to find no hits um, on those. There is, you know, and more often than not, it's thousands and thousands of hits. 
So how do you cut the wheat from the chaff? Um, we know that, you know, you don't become a pharmacist by Googling about drugs, that you go and you study and you have a, a um, you know, you, you get not more than, more than just study. It's a whole lot of uh, education. It's the same for a nutritionist or a naturopath um, degree. Those qualifications uh, take some time. So when it comes to back to that, you know, patient walking in the door and asking what's the best curcumin that I can take? Um, or what can you give me for my inflammation? Um, I've heard about turmeric. Um, short of another degree, which I, I know that there are some incredible pharmacists, nutritionists and pharmacists, naturopaths out there that have undertaken, taken that time to, to do that learning and all hats off to them. What a um, wonderful set of skills for their patients. But for most, that's beyond them. So bringing down those hundreds or thousands of, of hits on the on the Google poll or PubMed and um, narrowing it down to that focus of this for this reason at this dose for the, how long and that simplified that summarized version so that you can invest a far less amount of time and understand the why and the how and the what that's going on for the patient but be able to then explain that because that's the, it's the, the most important part, I think, to be able to explain to the patient, why am I recommending you, um, you know, a, a, a probiotic for your mental health, a, a being able to explain that and, and get those great outcomes to the patient. So that's what I think that getting that information is you literally either at the behest of, um, of somebody who's selling you their product and they... Um, absolutely will give you great advice and like I said they have an absolutely valuable place I, I did that as a job for so long um, but that or a degree and when they're your two choices and you just want the information you just want to help your patient you just want to be able to have the answers to go right this is what you need for that next yeah and look I think what you've raised through there is a really interesting point too because you're right um, <clears throat> I'm a lot older than you so don't don't see yourself too short at this stage in terms of I'm, I'm probably more the archaic relic than anyone but you know I go back and I was only thinking about this the other day is that you know you do you the, the wonders of technology means that you've got access to much more information than you've ever had before, but you've then got to determine mm. that the information is is the right information for you. If if I go back you know, yeah. to my younger days, you know, if I was doing a school project, you would be you would be accessing a textbook or you would be accessing a um, a reference manual or something like that, which is really just one person's mm. or one association's view of that subject. And and I guess there's the dichotomy yeah. because. You know, we know today that you know there's so many great minds out there with so much great information that have solved it. We've got access now because of technology to health information from across the globe that we wouldn't wouldn't necessarily mm. have had before. And and I guess the challenge there being as a pharmacist is that your your intuition is always going to be your greatest guide. I would imagine that says in this particular case mm. that my my client or my customer or my, or my patients is is telling me what they think they want to hear or what they think I want to hear, but in reality, I've got to determine what's best for them. And that's where your specialisation comes in, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. It is, uh, it's something I, I'm just uh, watching a, a TV show at the moment. I'm not, um, I know it's advertised heavily called Dope Sick and it's about the, the rise and rise of OxyContin uh, in the 90s and then, and then it's uh, obvious downfall in, in the early 2000s and the aftermath of that. And one of the things I found, um, which... You know the whole the whole the whole sorry saga is is awful. But one of the 
things was the talk of the, the, the reps going in, and this is not, I'm not relating this to the Australian market and, and absolutely not to the nutritional industry either, but it's just the access to information that the rep would go to talk to the doctor and say 99% of the time this drug is not addictive. And the doctor would say, that's not true. And they would pull out a paper, which it turns out was highly flawed. It was, wasn't a paper at all. It was literally just a, uh, an observation from a researcher. It was not, not a paper. But it was written as though it was by people who had lots of money. And, it ha- and uh, that paper was, it was written as though it was absolute fact. And what, where could the, do- the doctor could, these days would be like, right, over to Google, over to PubMed, you know, literally get on a chat forum if they're, you know, um, go, go and have a look on the, on the groups just to see what everyone else is saying. But they didn't have that. Their source of information was that one person who said it's not addictive and here's a huge bunch of free samples to go and give it a try. That that kind of thing is, uh, it's interesting to see like that's how that could happen back in the day, you know, back only in the 90s, back in the day, um, that these days we can access source so much easier but with that global access to source because we can access translated uh, translated uh, research really easily. Um, it's it's sometimes difficult to tell that something has been translated. It's, they do such a good job that it's it's then an overwhelm. It's go, go from no information to too much information. That's yeah. where, and I think that that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, and look, again... Um, I, in the position that I'm in these days, I, I get to kind of, I guess, do a lot of research and, and, and scan a, a lot of information from the internet because, again, to, to a point, you know, from a technology point of view, that's my background. Um, I've been really buoyed by reading articles or being aware that the in the last 18 months, the chief health officers in each of the states of Australia are interacting very often with each other. But more importantly, mm. um, I did go and read one of the books on the um, the, the background of, of COVID and where it's all come from. And for a long, long time, there's actually been, I think it was a WhatsApp group or something like that, um, that a lot of these uh, epidemiologists have actually been talking about. So so many people were aware of potentially what was coming because of the technology platforms before the government officials, because, you know, a specialist in a particular country said, hey, I've just had this happen to me or I've just had this client with. Has anyone else experienced this? So, again, it's this. The, the advent of the technology has allowed greater access to information. Um a lot more expertise and views on it, which ultimately gets us to where we want to go. But it's up to each of us then to determine mm. what's right, you know, for our, either ourselves or our clients from that perspective. So, Tracy, I, I guess in the last uh, 18 months, but again, uh, being positioned in, in West Australia, which is a great place. It's one of my favourite places too, by the way. Uh, and I'm not just saying that for the sake of saying it. It often comes up in some of my podcasts <laughs> as, as the, the role that West Australia places in uh, uh it has in in the Australian economy, but um, you know, let's talk then about the technology platforms that you use, because uh, like we're talking today <clears throat> on, a, on a on a digital uh, basis, um, how do you now interact with yeah. your clients nationally and potentially internationally? Yeah, look, I think that that's um, that's something that is a absolute blessing to to the you know work from home orders was you know my. Um, first interaction with something uh, was like this was the MS Teams platform with the company I was working with whenever everybody got sent home um, and everybody getting their head around and navigating that in the first few weeks it was that that itchy feel of something new and something different and I'm not sure and I'm used to being out and about with my customers every single day and now I'm stuck here behind a screen what impact can I have How, how can I how can I impart knowledge how can I share information but what has what has really opened 
uh, for me and I think for lots of people is that there is a lot of technology out there that is very user-friendly um, that we can, and it's been shown time and time again, I'm sure those people with parents, uh, those people that are parents that had children at home and some of those really long lockdowns, um, there is technology there that can help us. I, when I started this business 12 months ago, I, one of the things, um, that one of the biggest challenges for me was to choose the platform on which to host the, the course that I'm doing. Um, and I know I've got, I've got notebooks everywhere. I'm a, I'm a notebook, uh, I'm a writer of, uh, of notes. And I was getting overwhelmed with Googling uh, of the different options. Um, and I, I know I wrote a full A4 page of all the different uh, teaching platforms that there are. Um, what I came down to was uh, of what was, there were so many with so many different bells and whistles. And potentially in the future, I see I've got a few pegs that I, I really like the look of. One is called Podia and another one is called Teachable. Um, I highly recommended come another teaching platform called Kajabi. Um, but what I decided to um, offer to my customers and for me to use was simplicity. I wanted a simple platform that was simple to log into, that you could stay logged in. Um, I wanted features like being able to put me on double speed. I know I can talk really fast, but I know that lots of pharmacists have a really short attention span. Um, and I wanted to be, to be able to access it uh, another thing that I looked for that was important to me was access um, via mobile, um, iPads as well, but uh, mobile access was uh, the things that I wanted. I, I know that um, my, my customers are often sitting out the back on break room, in their break room having, um, having a cup or some lunch, and that might be where they, they can uh, get 10 minutes of learning in. To have to be able to log into a desktop um, to be able to access um, a course or access uh, their information just wasn't going to work. So I, I chose an organ, a, um, a platform called Member Vault, and I find it I find it so simple. Like I said, there are some bells and whistles that are missing from it. Um, more to do with the back end uh, for me that I do some things manually that I know can be automated. But for the, you know, I one thing I, I learned a long, long time ago was that it isn't about me. It isn't about, and that's the a business to say that um, it's about my customer. Um, some manual things at the back end. If I can. Uh, have those streamlined with a new platform and it's just as easy for the consumer for my customer great we'll make that change but at the moment um, having um, access that uh, you know access on your phone being able to stay logged in being able to double the speed those sorts of things are what my feedback that I sought that's what that's what my customers wanted so that's the that's why I chose it absolutely no, look, that's that's great and, and I guess uh, other platforms like like zoom etc you must be using as well Look, I have I have memberships coming out my ears for different organisations. I have Vimeo to store. So if you're looking to um to do things, I so I use um Zoom. And what I've found is it's worth investing in. I found this myself um, through the trial and error that you do um, with using Zoom. That I actually pay for Zoom webinar. Um, yep. And Zoom webinar just gives a few extra features than um, than Zoom meeting. Technically, Zoom meeting would would work for what I do. But those extra features um, act, uh, make it easier. Again, it's about ease of use because I record the, uh, the course materials live. Um, course members have the opportunity to join me live if they'd like and ask questions. And the webinar gives, for the one-woman show that I am, gives the opportunity for those questions to be in a separate area and to not distract. Yep. Um, but but then I upload that uh, that webinar that's once it's recorded, I, um, I, up, I actually then put it into QuickTime, QuickTime for trimming and cutting and, and things, um, uh, which is just, that's part of my Mac. But then it goes up onto Vimeo. 
Vimeo is where you can store, when you where you can um, you know put passwords on and off. You can you can store them in areas where uh, different um, you know some of my clients that are not to do with the course they access um, materials that I create for them on that platform. So Vimeo is a really important other platform that I use. I know a lot of people will just put them on YouTube, um, but it's I think when it comes to healthcare professional advice that we need to be putting some barriers and some boundaries yeah. around that information and education. For sure. Yeah. So that's so that's the they're the, they're the main the main three that I'm using would be Zoom, uh, Vimeo, and Member Vault, Member Vault. Uh, currently uh, for for the business. No, look, that's great. Um, Tracy, we're coming to the end of our time, and I keep telling all my guests that you'd be surprised how quickly this time goes, and I do, for our listeners, try to keep it all under 30 minutes because I think that's a good listening time. But before we go, is there any other yes. points that are on your list that you wanted to share with our listeners today? Look, I think that I um, I think we've covered a lot here today. I, I, I suppose it's just um, for, our, for the listeners out there today to understand if it's the take-home message, is to understand that when it comes to using the specialisation is on, in what I do, that you talk about that niching right down. It's not just complementary medicine education and, and things. It's actually um, quite niched to what is safe and what is effective based on the evidence when it comes to complementary medicine alongside prescription drugs. So this isn't about patients who are not on prescription medications and whether uh, we can help our patients uh, before, you know, say they go onto a, an, a, a blood pressure medication or oh, I've got to get, you know, you do all these things beforehand. It's no, we know the reality. We are a very medicated society in Australia. The number of scripts uh, that people are taking to be able to, uh, the, the goal and the purpose is to be able to help Mrs. Jones who's come in with her little handful of scripts, knowing what is safe to help her. Um, knowing what is going to be effective and knowing that you've got the backing of evidence. If, if you know, to go, why am I taking that? Why do you want to give me magnesium for my blood pressure? Well, Mrs. Jones, the evidence shows that this, this and this are the reasons and the evidence also shows it's safe for that, that and that. That if that giving that information to, um, to, to put in the pocket of a pharmacist, so they can pull that out when they need it. They can help their patients and they can help their business. So um, that's, uh, I suppose, the the, the take-home message. There is lots that um, that we can do to help our patients improve their health. Thanks, Tracy. Look, that's been great to chat today. And uh, for our listeners, I'll make sure that uh, the links to your LinkedIn page and to your website are all available through them in the show notes. So thanks again for your time today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers, and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au. 